Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello, I'm Don Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. My goal is to reinforce Christianity with the wisdom and the words of Jesus, which, incidentally, are recorded in red ink in the new Bibles. Do you know what Jesus said? What Jesus did? What Jesus said to do? You will, after this series. It's based on Jesus, his life, his friends, his ministry, and his relationship with his Father, as they're recorded in the four Gospels. We'll delve into mysteries that have been hidden, hidden not from us, but for us, in the words of Jesus. We just finished uh, chapter 15 in our little book, The Words of Jesus, and um, we found that when Jesus uh, healed this man, that he was in trouble with the church because he had done that on the Sabbath day. And uh, that actually, that idea actually continues into chapter 16 that we're going to read today. The authorities persecuted Jesus and sought to slay him because he had healed that lame man on the Sabbath and had told him to carry his bed on that day. Jesus said to them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. I'm afraid these uh, sentences sometimes get lost and sometimes even ignored because written in older Elizabethan English, it's sometimes a little harder to follow. Instead of running and getting a translation at this particular point, let's just take a look at what he was, was saying. The, um, the old English uses terms that we don't use anymore today, and many times as a writer, I find myself in need of those words, and I use them, and people... There are some people that feel like, you know, that's unreadable or it's not our language. Some people think that you're being uppity. Some people think that you're just being overly religious uh, because that particular word or that whatever you're choosing as a word to, that I happen to think is very necessary, uh, they uh, feel like is a Bible word and therefore not in our regular language. The fact that it's not in our regular language is lamentable on a lot of different levels, but um, there are just some words that uh, they just, they're just not in our language. I always think about hither and thither. When people say um, uh, that something is, uh, uh, or, or even uh, a better example, I think, is, uh, is whence and hence. Uh, we don't have a, a word in English other than improper uses of words and dangling participles and ending sentences with prepositions to say from here um, uh, or, you know, it, it comes uh, from here is, can be uh, used, you can have one word, which is hence, from here. Uh, thence is to there. And uh, so... If, uh, if we continue to read the King James Bible, which is the only way you're going to understand it, is to continue to read it and essentially learn the language. Now, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we just go get a, another translation? Well, uh, when you get another translation, 
uh, you're, you're actually running a risk. Um, and the less people with their fingers in the pie, the better um, for years. Uh, I mean, since, since it was created in 1611 um, as the Catholic source of the scriptures, um, you didn't know the King James was a Catholic Bible, right? Yeah, the Protestant Bible was known as the Geneva Bible. And um, that's, that's a discouragement to some Protestants, but I don't know that because a, a particular uh, translation or interpretation or whatever has a denominational slant uh, that it should be uh, accepted or rejected on those terms. I think that its uh, closeness to the original is probably uh, a more um, uh, legitimate reason to reject or accept it. Well, there's no reason to uh, reject this or run to another translation. We can understand this fully. The, uh, uh, the Pharisees were concerned about Jesus healing on the Sabbath day. Jesus essentially answered them with, look, I don't do whatever I want to do. I do what the Father tells me to do. And if he's working today, I'm working today. That's essentially what he had to say. Um, the Pharisees uh, really could not accept uh, this as an answer because um, they believed that if anybody in the, in, in the universe kept the Sabbath, it would be their father. Um, the problem was, is over the course of time, as we talked in our last episode, uh, over the course of time, the Sabbath had turned into a ritual observance and not necessarily a way for people to please God by obeying Him by simply not working on the Sabbath. So he says, uh, you know, they were upset that he worked on the Sabbath. Jesus was saying, that's the day I was told to do it. Jesus is pretty much offering to them the same reason, if you want to call it an excuse, the same reason that the blind man offered, I'm sorry, he wasn't blind, the crippled man offered when they said, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he's saying, now wait a minute, the man who made me whole told me to carry my bed. So here you have somebody who's relinquishing to a higher power, and now we have Jesus saying, my father is doing this, and therefore I have to do it if I'm going to obey him. There is a concept in Christianity that, um, that I think is, is universal even among, well, all the faiths, and that is we ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, you remember the disciples said that one time uh, when they were in trouble and uh, the, they were forbidden to preach in the name of Jesus. And uh, they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Matter of fact, I like the way they said it because they said, judge ye. In other words, you tell me what's the right thing to do. Should we obey God or should we obey you? Well, that, uh, although that happens to be an honorable thought and reason and in some cases excuse for doing what we do, uh, it's pretty much going to aggravate the person that is not the authority, which is the case here. These words angered the authorities further. 
because Jesus had not only broken the Sabbath, but had also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Another uh, uh, doctrine that goes through the church is that, uh, that Jesus was, and, and, and they would say is, God. And it, this is used as a proof text for that uh, idea. There are some people who have uh, made Jesus out to be God, and as you know, if you've listened to this broadcast, I've explained that um, if Jesus was God, he's a lot less used to us as uh, those of us who want to please God. Mostly it's the denominations that believe that it's all by faith anyway. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter uh, you know, how you act, uh, what's done on a daily basis. It only matters what you believe. But Jesus was not of that mindset at all. Jesus' attitude was, is, I have done this, now I'm telling you to do this. Jesus' attitude was, I'm, I came to the earth to be one of you, to serve God in the very same flesh in which you serve him. And so he has eliminated a lot of our excuses. Well, I'm only human. Well, you may be human, but you've had an encounter with the Father. There's been made available to you grace, not unmerited favor, but the power to become a child of God. Jesus walked on this earth with that. I am not saying that Jesus was equal to us. He didn't even have an earthly father. That's in itself makes him different than everybody else on earth. He also had memory of his pre-existence before his incarnation on the earth. We hear him talk about those things when he talks about uh, the kingdom of heaven is like this, the kingdom of heaven is like that. Well, he's speaking from experience. John 17, when he prayed to his father, he said, Restore to me the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world. Jesus was well aware, and uh, his memories were full of what he was, where he was, and who he was before the incarnation, before he came to the earth to be a man. So I am in no way saying that Jesus was equal to us. We do know, the, when it comes to a mathematical equation, equal to, greater than, less than, that kind of an idea, the Bible says that he made himself a little lower than the angels. Well, friend, that's where we are, a little lower than the angels. But uh, nowhere will you find that Jesus considered himself to be equal with man. Nor will you ever find him considering, expounding, believing within himself that he was equal with God. Now, what does this say here that he says that you have, by this statement of yours, made yourself equal with God? Well, friend, it doesn't really matter what Pharisees think. It doesn't matter what we think. Just because somebody says, I am the Son of God, therefore you've made yourself equal with God. Well, therefore nothing. In your mind, perhaps, that's what I've done. In your mind, that may be what you perceive uh, when I say that 
that God is my father, I am his son, that that makes me equal with God. But you'll never find Jesus Christ saying that. He never, ever said anything other than the fact that he was the anointed one, he was the Messiah, he was the one that was come to the earth, and he was the son of God. You'll never find him saying anything otherwise. Trinitarian doctrines uh, pretty much run the gamut, and uh, most Trinitarian doctrines cannot be studied uh, in, in a lump sum or in a lump whole because they're very, very fractioned by people's opinion about it. You, you have to read their, um, uh, their de description and iteration about it in order to decide whether or not you believe it. Most people just don't even bother. They just give up and say, yeah, 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 I believe in the Trinity. Why not? <laughs> and no, they don't, they don't look into it and find out, now wait a minute, what is this Trinity? Well, if you look at some of them, you'll find that, that they are three uh, uh, separate and distinct persons, personality, personages, entities. There are three distinct entities that are, the word they use is co-equal. And uh, anybody whose uh, doctrines and covenants or their, uh, their articles of faith uh, say that Jesus was equal to his father, do so without the support of scripture. Jesus never claimed to be equal with his father. I think the thought would be horrendous to him. As a matter of fact, when he had died, he told Mary, I go to be with my God and your God. If, if Jesus was equal with the Father, how in the world would he be God to him? Now, uh, some people take the scripture that in uh, Hebrews at Jesus' coronation, where uh, he, when he was raised from the dead and found to be uh, uh, perfect and complete in his, uh, in his mission here on the earth, the Bible says that God looked at him and called him God, and he did. But the father was, was saying, thy throne, O God, is forever. He was saying that to Jesus Christ. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. If we don't understand the fact that there is no such thing as co-equal in any, kind, any idea or concept of trinity, uh, we're going to get tangled in a, in a, a web of uh, uh, illogical thinking that I'm afraid if you don't get out of, you're going to have a very difficult time understanding a lot of things about the scriptures because when you don't understand them, you'll be prone to throw them over into this illogical bucket, so to speak, and say, well, nobody can understand God. Well, okay, yeah, that, that might be so in some cases or on some levels or in some manners of speech that might be true, but uh, the, the Godhead is perfectly understandable. It's perfectly understandable. There is the Father. We've always known him. Well, not always, but ever since the days of Noah, sorry, ever since the days of 
Moses, we have known him as Jehovah, or in Hebrew, Yehovah. Y-H-V-H is the spelling of his name. We know his name. Jesus was not Yehovah. Jesus was not Yahweh. Jesus was the Son of God. Now, what his name was before he was incarnate, we don't know. John says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, or a part of God. God, He was, he was God. Now, there was a time when I was my own earthly father, and there was a time when I was born and, and made in... Now, these things are not revealed in Scripture. People who speculate on the... On the uh, the creation, if you will, of the Lord Jesus, they do so um, without scriptural, or I mean, unless they have some extra scriptural um, proofs or text or whatever, they're doing it outside of the scriptures because the scriptures really don't make that clear. We do see separate entities. We see the visitors of Abraham as separate entities. We hear them in creation saying, let us make man in our image, us can refer to 35 persons. It doesn't necessarily refer to three. And it can refer to as little as two. Um, we find that uh, when, when God um, uh, uses a name for himself, in some cases he uses Elohim, which is a plural understanding of the God uh, that, that we serve. Now, I would say that uh, Elohim is that Godhead. But when he refers to himself as, you know, I am the Lord, translated by the uh, King James translators as the Lord, he actually said, I am Yehovah. I am Jehovah. Y-H-V-H were, were what the translator saw on the page when he wrote the Lord. But you're not going to find Jesus Christ saying that he is Yehovah. It's not going to happen. Forget it. <laughs> it's not there. Now, does this denigrate Jesus Christ? A lot of people ask that question or accuse me of, uh, you're, you're uh, removing the, the, the divinity or the deity of Christ. No, not in the least. <laughs> not in the least. He's the Son of God. I'm not. Uh, I think people who run around uh, saying that they're Christians and still sin are more so denigrating the deity of God than anybody that talks about these things like I do. Uh, because they say they're sons of God. Jesus is my brother. Uh, you know, um, we're all in one big family. I don't know that that's necessarily so. Um, I think that, uh, that there are people that are considered to be children of God. But as Jesus uh, clearly laid out, there's such a thing as servants, there's sons and friends. Well, you can be a servant of God. This is a person who's decided to serve God strictly and simply. They've, they've decided to serve God. So they're a servant of God. Doesn't make them a son. Doesn't make them a son at all. There's uh, uh, the book of Hebrews talks about the the different stations of a ch of of a, a child. The Bible says that a child, though he be 
heir of all things, differeth nothing from a servant. These are all things worth your reading, and you might be frustrated that I don't give uh, references for these scriptures, but I'm not here to give you references or to uh, have people thumbing through their Bible when I'm trying to preach to them. But, uh, you know, some people are frustrated about it, but, you know, my only answer is it's there. And if you'd read your Bible and were familiar with it, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't, why don't you get familiar with your scriptures? Uh, we, we don't need to have references to everything we say. When you quote a book, you don't give the page number. Uh, when you quote something you read in the paper, you don't say it's, it's just below the Sears ad on page four. You don't do that. Uh, you allow people to find it if they want to and not be bored with the details if they don't want to find it. And uh, so that's pretty much the way I run things. These things are in the scriptures. You can find these things. You can read the book of Hebrews. You know where all these things are. You, I mean, we have a Bible. Let's use it. Um, and I'm not doing your studying for you, if it's all the same to you. Another frustration of mine are the people who do what I call soundbite theology. They pull out a scripture here and a scripture there. And, um, you know, that, that doesn't do anything but get, get us into trouble. Um, I can show you, a, and probably will as time goes by, I'll show you a scriptural example of, of well-meaning disciples of Christ who took two scriptures and put together an instruction for themselves, followed that instruction, and actually did something against the will of God. Don't think that if they, if they could make that mistake that you couldn't. So when Jesus says that, um, that I am the Son of God, it is... It is, he, you have to understand that he doesn't use words indiscriminately. And if he were equal with God, he would have said he was equal with God. He would not be embarrassed about it or ashamed of it or hiding from the Pharisees or, oh, I don't want to offend anybody. If it's true, he would have said it's true. But uh, he didn't. All he said was he was the Son of God. When you read in here that they say, you've made yourself equal with God, well, that's your understanding of it. That's your vernacular. That's the, the age that we live in. That's a colloquialism that you use. I don't necessarily use that colloquialism. And, you know, if, if I was equal with God, I'll tell you. As a matter of fact, isn't that what he said one time? He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. <laughs> so let's not, let's not make him out to be shy. Make, himself out, make him out to be retiring or, or afraid of people. Or, you know, just trying to go along to get along or not offend anybody, because that's not the case at all. So, what's wrong with believing in a trinity? I don't, I don't care. You can do that if you want to. I think you're going to have trouble trying to understand the scriptures, um, because you're going to find that the, this third person of the trinity, the Holy Spirit, which is God himself, uh, there's hardly a place for this third person. The Bible talks about the Godhead. It's talking about the Father and the Son, Father and the Son, Father and the Son. As a matter of fact, you're going to be hard-pressed to find the apostles using Father, Son, Holy Ghost in the same verse. You're going to have trouble doing that. I say, if I'm going to have trouble doing that, why am I defending a word and a concept that I can't even find in Scripture? Well, you know, you can deal with the, uh, you know, the baptism. You know, we have, you know, the voice from heaven, Jesus in the water and, and a dove. 
Well, why isn't a dove the third por- third person in a trinity? Why is that? Why why don't we have a dove? You know, uh, there it is. He manifested himself as a dove. The other definition that people give about uh, trinity is the different ways God manifested himself. My goodness, really? And we're just going to pick this one? He manifested himself in all different ways. There was a time when his, when his voice came through the, the mouth of a mule. But we don't want a jackass to be part of the Trinity, so we're going to move on. We have, the, like I mentioned, the dove here. We have all kinds of manifestations of God in the earth, but we're not sticking them in. Why is there three? Why is there only room for three? You know, if you want to study these kind of things on your own, I encourage you to do so. You're going to find that it that it there's a little little sandy unwalked trail that goes out to the Celtic Islands and a man named Saint Patrick, and uh, and so I'm thinking, why am I wasting time with this? I don't I don't I don't need to do this. Who says that I need to, you know, believe a Trinity or or be a heretic? The Church. The, the church around us, the big shot preachers, the big denominations say that, but I don't find that in here. I hear that if I deny anybody who denies the Father and the Son is Antichrist. That's what the scriptures say. Denying the Father and the Son, uh, that I'll never do. <laughs> never in a million years. If it's all the same to you, <laughs> I'm not going to ever do that. But, uh, you know, this, this idea that this is all important uh, is, uh, I think, a very dangerous thought. I think it's a worthless thought, to tell you the truth. Uh, I, don't, I don't find it to be a hindrance, not in the least. So they were concerned that he was calling himself God. You know, in another location in the scriptures, he says, what are y'all been out of shape about the word God anyway? You know, God doesn't just apply to the Father. We call him God, but it's incorrect. It's not his name. There are many gods. Paul says there are gods many and lords many. There's one that pertains to us. And he says, don't you remember in the book of Psalms where I said, ye are gods? If, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, why are you offended at me because I said I'm the son of God? What a perfect opportunity for him to have said, why are you upset with me? Because I said, I'm God. See, but he didn't, did he? What did he say? I'm the son of God. All right, looks like time is gone for now. Uh, that's all for this particular time. Will you do something for me? I need to hear from you. Uh, tell me who you are and where you're from and how you're listening to this broadcast. You can simply write to Don at thinkredink.com. That's very easy to do. Don at thinkredink.com. And if you have a question or a comment, I'll be glad to, to deal with it with you personally. Uh, we deal with questions over our radio show all the time. So um, if you'd like to avail yourself of the other ministries, uh, we would love to have you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com.
join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.